welcome everybody back to the bone zone we got george here we got my brother brandon this is the first time that he's ever been on the podcast um today we are going to talk about a bunch of topics as we always do but the first thing i want to mention is we are at refuge gaming in brunswick ohio right now we are in one of their really quiet little game rooms that you can play in um this is a think of an lgs that's kind of like a gym where you you have a membership you can get in it's a play space mm -hmm. for the community they do sell some products here, but in small. But you don't have to work out, right? What's up? You don't have to work out, though, right? Hell no, you don't have to work <laughs> out. You have, right, to, work, right, you have to work out your nerd muscles, your mental right. capacity. No, that's fine. I'm still in that. I can still Yeah, go yeah. So, but okay. no, it's, uh, it, it's, you pay a monthly membership fee. You can come here and play. It starts at 25 bucks a month. Um, it's a perfect, and it's open 24 seven. So anyone can get access cool. whenever they want to play. Yeah. And then they, they keep some product here that they sell when someone, you know, is interested in buying something Then they have a totally separate area. That's kind of their store. Um, it, it's a really great model. It's something I've never seen before. And we wanted to come down here and do a video about this place because I met Dustin, who's one of the co-owners. Um, I met him at origins games fair. Um, when we were there, uh, let me turn this down. Hold on. What a, what a unprofessional person. Um, I met Dustin at Origins Games Fair when I was there uh, with Haunted Castle Gaming, you know, talking about Genesis Battle of Champions. Um, and they bought into it really heavy. They've had a lot of people playing here. Um, they have had people open God Packs and they've been really excited about the God Packs. So there's, there's just a lot of excitement around Genesis in Ohio right now. And this store really embraced it. But so that's where we're at right now. We're, we that's wanted awesome. to film on location here. Um, and they well, gave us a little quiet room to do that in. And George, you may not know this, but this space used to be a church we just found out. Oh, so cool. they have all these little separate rooms like this that are already really quiet um, and perfect for, for playing, you know, board games and miniatures and anything else. But um, so let's talk about you, man. What's been going on? Anything in well, your world? I want to first thank you for bringing on a guest and not just replacing me this month. That was very, <laughs> you. That was very kind you. of you to uh, bring on two of us versus just replace me and me get a message. Hey, buddy, hope you're doing well. I'll see you in a couple months. Uh, hey, so first, I want to thank you for that. I said you were not replaced. You were there in spirit. You were my spirit animal. You were that yeah. you were that picture of the badger screaming George. That's right. You were there in the, right. in the background of my mind the whole time. Right. Um, but you were talking about you were talking about uh, flesh and blood right before we officially started recording. And we bought our we both got cases from you and you were asking us how our cases panned yeah. out. Yeah. Um I will say clumping is real. Yeah. Um this this whole new fab 2.0 thing where we have a new box that fixes unlimited and first edition would you agree that you think that that is way better than what was here oh gosh, before yeah 100%. like i i love this yeah. product so much more because it feels so much more fun to open that's what i was gonna say like you don't know if you're gonna get rainbow you don't know if you're gonna get cold foil you don't know if you're gonna get a marvel or a cool reverse card or a full art like i love that spectrum of not knowing what you're getting whereas when you compare it to something like double masters you don't know what you're getting. And the thing you don't know what you're getting is value wise, because you might open a pack. You're killing me. I got to pump these things. Hey, today. You might get a today. dollar mythic and you know, this double masters is a cool product, but you can get hammered. How, how is that possible? The cards like a billion dollars because they printed so many cards that were at mythic level at rare. 
and rare down to other rarities to where you can open up a pack that has a dollar mythic. You're, you're gambling. We all know that. That's how it's always been, dude. Like it's, you know, listen, like you can, you can win big or lose big on. Uh, you can. Boxes. So with these uprising boxes though, it felt like it felt so different because it didn't feel like it was kind of a throw a, bit, a bunch of different art styles at the wall and see if they'd stick type of thing or throw a different type, different types of card variety and new, new things. It didn't feel like they were just throwing that and seeing what stuck, like, which is what magic's done. It felt like everything had a real purpose. Like these, these foil rewinds um, I got, I got two of them in a case. They're supposed to be really rare, but that was such a cool card to open. Yeah. Like that was, that was super surprising. Um, I'm all, I think Fab 2.0 is a big improvement. Um, listen, I, I like it for one reason only to be candid and that is that there's more legendaries per case um on average um i tend to believe more legendaries in a box the better i think yeah you, i think legendary should be one per box yeah I, I always have i still do yeah um and this gets closer to that uh this gets closer this gets a lot closer to that um somebody did the math uh, i think Adish guy in um um uh, decky's discord did the math and it's way 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 better uh, Dude, for full race for legendaries we so we opened up our boxes okay we right in front of each other i opened up a rainbow foil uh what is it, alluvian costellos or whatever that mm -hmm. wizard robe i opened that legendary up okay and right afterwards he was opening his he was in his second box mm -hmm. that was in my second box yep. he got a rainbow foil shuko okay yeah so we were like sweet we both got legendaries then we both went he went home i was opening my third box I got a cold foil Shuko. He got a yeah. cold foil Alluvian Costellos. So it was basically oh, like yeah. we opened up the right. same box, just mirrored, which was super weird. But he didn't get any rewinds. I got two rainbow foil rewinds that were the reversed one. And then mm -hmm. I got two Marvels. He only got one Marvel, but then he I got, got the rainbow foil uh, extended art uh, Phoenix form. Yeah. So it was cool. kind of like, even though he didn't get the Marvels, he got cards that made up. And even though I didn't get the extended art, I got right. the Marvels. No, I is, think it's it, a good. It was definitely clumped. Like something was weird. So we've opened a ton of cold foil fables in my store, uh, way more than we should have. Yeah, way, I remember you were saying that. Way more. Like, um, like you know, I you know, I don't know if it's clumped or if it's too random. I don't know. I like I I think overall Fab 2.0 so far is off to a good start. Um, listen, I think the, the proof will be in the pudding here when we get into the road to nationals and is the set balanced. Yeah. So that's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, if this. If the set is balanced, we're in a good spot. Um, we'll, you know, we're going to find out the next month. I think so far from what I've seen, I, it looks very balanced to me because of the fact that you have three heroes, two of which are fire, one of which is ice, one to slow the other two down. And even if the two fire from what I've seen are against mm -hmm. each other, it seems like they're still really at a neck and neck pace. Um, so it, I don't know. I, I don't, you know me, I don't play competitively, but I watch yeah. a lot of people play a lot. I watch a lot of stuff about it. And it seems like this is probably, I think this is going to be the best limited set that they've ever come out with compared to Tales of Aria. They claim Tales of Aria was the best. I think this is the best set so far. You disagree? No, Welcome to Wraith still exists, right? Like you do. Well, no, I, actually, it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, I mean, like it, it doesn't. Exists. It does it's not, not exist, George. Like, yeah, it's still a thing. Yeah, um, it's still a thing. But yeah, as far as what's still like newer sets, as still as what, as far as what's actively in print, I think that this is a. This really... is the only set in print. This is literally the only set in print. That is true. That's a good point. So, as the only set in print, it is the best. 
However, it's also the worst, so it's complicated. Now, I haven't played Limited, but from what I've heard from everyone, this is a really fun set. And I know, I know you have strong opinions about that because you said you thought it was really hard for people to learn uh, Faye. I mean, they're all hard. Like, yeah. I mean, that is like, this is not a newbie-friendly set, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Um, listen, like, I'm old and crotchety, and, like, I get that, um, you know... But like I miss Welcome to Wraith. I miss the Welcome to Wraith simplicity. I miss the Welcome to Wraith kind of grace. I miss it. Um, I will agree with you there that the simplicity part is definitely not there like we saw early on. But I think the art style, the the characters, the talents, all the stuff we see in Uprising is what the general community wants someone that we've known since that was friends with me when I was a kid, he was in my wedding recently, longtime magic player recently picked up some flesh and blood started an uprising. Um, and people like that, that have never really knew much about the game, or maybe have heard the game are picking it up because of this artwork and because of this set, which is really shocking to me that this is the set that did it. Um, I, I it's definitely being more talked about before than I saw in the past. Um, that is not what I'm hearing, but I don't know. I mean, they gotcha. listen, I, let, me, let me walk this back a little bit. It can still be a good set, not be as good as Welcome to Wraith. Sure. Right? Like, there is nothing, you know, there, I've said this before. Welcome to Wraith is the best box of cardboard ever printed. Um, that's a tall order to compare with. Um, I think this will be fine. I think it's hard. I think it's hard. I went, I went to my store yesterday to go drop off 20,000 pounds of dice. And, um, like, you know, some guy had... You know, his board looked like a freaking bomb went off. There was ash everywhere. There was these yeah. dragon cards. And it's like, I can't follow this nonsense. Like, I, I'm too old. Get off yeah. my lawn. Um, you know, that's, um, to me, that's the challenge of this set. Um, that's the challenge of the set. Yeah, so I don't, obviously, I'm not in an LGS playing all the time. And you know I'm the most casual person ever. Yeah. So, so as far as that goes, I trust your judgment on that. Um, my stuff is always just hearing things from the choir, hearing things from community, people comment and talking to people on Discord. That's usually where most of my information comes Listen, from. I think this is a better set than Tails. Yeah, dude. Maybe. Sure, yeah. And Briar was, I like Briar. Uh, this is, I mean, Everfest was terrible. I mean, like. I love Everfest, dude. How, what's wrong with you? I love it. You it's so it's so much fun. You want to get a pre-order in for Everfest Unlimited? It's coming out soon, I heard. You want a pre-order? I got your back. That's not gonna happen, is it? You know, of course. I mean, like according to James White, it is. I don't know. But they're not but they're not supposed to do unlimited in first edition anymore. This is the that's last so, unlimited. Start, starts with uprising. Oh, dude. I mean, like, I guess like I didn't like Everfest. Everfest was my first set that I did not but, like. See, but I'm I'm more true. casual. That's why I enjoyed it. I'm more casual because no. I saw all these generic items and i like the the amulets and the tokens that allows me to build or what amulet the, are you playing talismans. with in your deck what amulet, <laughs> amulet of, a, of ignition in dromai talisman of the featherfoot in genesis okay i can attest to talisman of the featherfoot he used that against yeah. me talisman of the featherfoot in genesis thanks to joey there are oh and talisman of recompense in dromai because you can pitch one red and these turn are all into new three. heroes huh? they, they, these are all new heroes dromai is like Hey, I, dude, I love it. I love Everfest. A crew and Everfest were my favorite up until Uprising. And I did a thing, uh, I did a post on Twitter where I, where I had worked on a video for Uprising and I canceled it because I thought the community was just going to be like thinking I was bashing the game. But I didn't want to do too much 
I, well, first of all, I shouldn't care about that. But second of all, with Uprising coming out, I wanted to actually have the cards in my hand before I started talking about why I didn't think the boxes were going to be excited to open. Now that I've opened the boxes, I'm wrong. Here's what I'll say. I think this is a much better set than Monarch. This is a much better yeah, set. Yeah, this feels oh, yeah. better Monarch, than Monarch. Monarch was, because Monarch was unplayable for new players. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I learned uh, I learned how to play Flesh and Blood in a Monarch pre-release. R.I.P. And you still play. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that it's was amazing. my first, uh, first, first taste of it. And it was, yeah, it was um, a little. Well, the place we right. played at the time, too, was really welcoming and very open to learning. Yeah. And it became a store like you and Louie were talking about. It became a store. Well, Louie was trying to blame Legendary Studios for this, and I, I don't agree there because it became a, it was the store's fault. The store got hyper competitive. And instead of like maybe having nights where new people would learn how to play or maybe having nights where those people who were in franchise and been playing a long time and were getting really good at it could come and, and help the newer people. It became, listen, this skirmish, this armory is only an event for us to get better so we can go to Road to Nationals. Yeah, they only cared about those players and not the new players. And to the point where when I'm teaching someone as I'm playing, the game may have went over a half hour, the Blitz game, but you you should have let me finish, even if we're losing, because this person that was new wanted to finish out the game. This person was losing that I was playing against. But I said, we can stop it here, but if you want to continue playing, we can call the game. I will still sit here and play with you until my round starts, which is what we did. That has went away from a lot of these LGSs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that has anything to do with flesh and blood and luxury studios. It has to do with the store's mindset of this is a very hyper competitive game. And the people who are playing it, they only have a limited amount of time maybe to be at the LGS playing. They maybe only have a limited amount of time to get with their friends to play. They want to focus on what's going to make them a better player in the short time that they have to play. They don't want to teach anyone. That's why Joey is so crucial for Genesis and why he was so crucial to flesh and blood and why I don't understand, which I'm glad it turned out this way because Joey's really helping Genesis grow. I don't understand why flesh and blood didn't get more in that corner of people like him who were really trying to get the game to grow rapidly by teaching people and taking the time. Because they're not in New Zealand. Because they're not in New Zealand. They only hire hobbits. Um, Like, (laughs) you know... Joey doesn't look like a tall man, but he, I don't think he's a hobbit. I don't think sure. Joey has that very feet. Joey didn't have the luscious locks to compete with James White. That's nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody, nobody does. does. That Fabio. That's man. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Sid's the real uh, lion, though. Sid, Sid's yeah. got the real mane, even though he's bald. That's all the cool, all the cool kids are bald. It's all right. Are they? Uh, huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting that, to. Wow. My point. Oh, oh, starting to. Oh, stop it. Starting <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm allowed to say starting to. All right, I've started. Wait, I'm 38. Uh, you're 39. Yeah, you got to yeah. jump on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think? You got to jump a little bit of a jump. <laughs> a little bit. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Good set. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I, I wish it was a. I wish it was an easier hero. Um, but that's all right. This is again, like I think it is better than Monarch. I know it's better than Monarch. Um, I think it's better than Tails. I know it's better than Everfest. Um, well. What's really cool too is like I built my uh, Dromai deck last night and I was looking at my Prism deck while I was building it and trying, like I was moving some cards here and there. And I realized how similar and how different illusionist talents are. And that really got me excited for what we're going to see in the future with Flesh and Blood, because I think you can take these, these classes like illusionist, you can add a talent to them and they don't feel the same, but they feel the same enough to be fun. Like I wouldn't break apart my Prism deck to play Dromai. 
Like I added Dromai and looked at some of the cards in my Prism deck and said, yeah, and I thought, oh, this card will work great in this deck versus that deck. And you still have a very similar play style and and a very similar power level just in different ways. And that's what I'm really excited about to see what they do now that they're actually play testing stuff. And now that things are actually, we hope, and now that things are actually starting to be fleshed out a little more, I, I'm really liking what I see. No pun intended. I said the thing. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so before we end the flesh and blood topic, what were your thoughts on the flesh and blood uh, uprising performance at your store limited wise and, um, and sales wise? And I know you told me about an existing store near you, a competitor store that was having some issues. Yeah. I mean, like this has been the weirdest set for sales I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Uh, I mean that nothing else has been close. Um, sets tend to do well or poorly across all stores. Yeah. Baldur's Gate was good at nobody's store. Nobody's okay. store was like, oh, thank God, I got a lot of Baldur's Gate coming in. <laughs> um, nobody. Um, Uprising was very different. I think it was probably the best song set I've had for an opening weekend uh, for Flesh and Blood. Really? Better than Monarch? Oh, by far. Yeah, Monarch's the only one that's close, but, you know, listen, like, people bought Monarch and shoved it in their car. That's not playing with Monarch. That's being a jackass. Yeah. Um, you know, because I always had 100 bucks in store, and they were going for 500 at the time. So I know. You and the other store that we used to go to, they were they were fair, too. I mean, they were yeah. the only place. You could get it for 124 a box, and yeah. that was, like, dirt cheap then compared yeah. to... I was paying Louis 250 and that was a deal because they were $400 a box most places. Yeah, so, Louis was a place um, so, I mean, like I, you know, like, I think this was certainly the best selling set for like people that opened it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I moved hundreds of boxes opening weekend, hundreds and hundreds of boxes. Um, and I, you know, I was like, God, like this, set's amazing. Like this, set, like I sold out, I've never sold out of a product in my life. And what was your, what was your price on uprising boxes? 85. That's not bad. We, we have a LGS near us here that was selling them for 75. And I think that's below map. That's but, below map. <laughs> but they were still, I mean, it's a small place. I'm not going to name who they are, but they're a yeah, small place. They, they weren't getting many. They were just getting a few cases. Um, very, very that small place. But they're trying to they're trying to grow the player base. So they yeah. want to be at a price point that's really low so that they can get some people in there to, to check the game out, not feel like that's they're fine. getting, you know, ham-fisted by, by magic prices. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad I paid Louis that 250 because he needs to redo his kitchen and – the and houseboat and, is and, falling yeah, apart. I mean, like it's, it's a mess over there. Dude, I feel so bad. I seriously want to take a weekend offer to come help him. Oh, Lord, don't. Um, but he's so, got parvos. <laughs> yeah, like he's, he has kettle cough. You don't want any part of that. Um, so I was like, this is amazing. And my buddy texted me who owns a nearby store. He was like, okay, like, how's Uprising doing for you? Like, no, this is insane. Like, we're back, baby. Yeah. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm out. Like I have, like I like I hadn't sold out yet. I don't think I was like, you know, it was it was clear I was going to. Yeah. And again, I always order. I always order a ton of extra. I have everything in stock at my store all the time. Awesome, dude. And I was like, but um, you're the minority too. Most people yeah. aren't able to do what you do, no. so that's what makes no. it so special that you can do that. And and he was like, my release event didn't fire. I only had three for my release event, and I've sold six boxes. Jeez. And it's just like. I don't get this. Like, again, like, you know, I did bad with Baldur's Gate. He's going to do bad. He did bad with the Baldur's Gate. I'm doing great with Double Masters. He's doing great with Double Masters. 
Yeah, everything magic or Pokemon is is gone. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, I did well with the first set of My Hero Academia. He did well with the first set of My Hero Academia. I did better the second set. He did better the second set. It's like everything goes in unison across the country, really. Yeah. And this set seems to not have done that. Um, I've heard from a lot of people, though, George, specifically uh, when I was at Origins, that a lot of people told me that what I said early on that I got criticized for in a video I did, which is I said, flesh and blood is a more competitive game than what people think. And the casual people like me who went to flesh and blood thinking we could become competitive, competitive, realized we don't really want to do that. It's not what we ended. It's not what we thought it was. And that's okay. But the casual players didn't like going to a store and always feeling like that store was just competing for road to nationals. And that, you were getting just stomped or you were, you were not having the time to just play and have fun without getting steamrolled. And that has turned a lot of people off. And I don't think that's a legend story studios problem. So I think that's true, but I had five of my players, six of my players go to Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, you know, and like, you know, so like, you know, I just, I thought long and hard about, cause he's not a bad store owner. I know the guy, he's a friend of mine. Uh, you know, he's a fine guy. His sure. store's great. He's a beautiful store. You know, it's not like, you know, some of these stores, I know why they sell two boxes a year. You know, your store sucks. You're at MSRP. Yeah. And you have no prize support. Yeah. I know why you're not selling boxes. That's or you're a- charging tons for events and, and yeah, I mean, like, no you know, one can I afford why you're not. I get yeah. why you're struggling, but this guy does things mostly right. Um, yeah. And like, I think he's going to drop fab. I'll be honest. I think this is probably that his sucks. last set. What the hell? I mean, like, why would you carry it for But I get it. If you can't, what's the point? That's what it comes down to, and that's why, like this place we're at right now, Refuge Gaming is so different because they're they have a certain amount of members, and once they get to a certain amount of members, they're they're capping it off, kind of like a gym. Like you yeah. can have you know up to two hundred members, but after that, no one else can apply until someone leaves. It's a steady stream of income. It's going to keep the place open. They may not be making a ton of money at first, but they will make enough to keep it afloat, and they, that's what they're doing. This is a thing they're doing on a side as a community play space. For people, that's why it's refuge gaming. You can feel safe coming here that you're not going to get your stuff stolen or, you know, there's a, there's always bad outliers. But, um, you know, I said this earlier when I was doing an interview with Dustin, I said, the, the good thing is you swipe in, you're allowed to bring a friend for that 25 bucks a month. Um, if that friend's an asshole, then guess what? They're on you and you're probably going to lose your membership if you bring someone in like that. So, you know, if people want to buy things, like I said, he does have stuff for sale, but the, but that stuff isn't a huge amount of inventory that he's sitting on, that he's going, shit, I need to turn this wow. around. I need to sell this or I'm not going to be able to make the rent this month. That's not how this place operates, but that's how most LGSs operate. They're selling food and snacks and all kinds of crap to stay afloat. It's not the cards that are keeping them afloat. It's the secondary I- market and singles. And Yeah, I know it's on your novel of things to talk about, but the... Um- uh the like this is what magic has done like yeah. they it is risky now and it's risky in a way that it wasn't when i started yeah you know when i used to you know i've wired five times this week each time has been mid five figures damn that is a lot of freaking money yeah go out in a week and that's because all these boxes are st- Stupidly expensive. Unbelievable, yeah, dude. I, I can't my $75 collector's packs. I Dude, I, I will be honest. When I saw the VIP Masters thing, I was like, they can never do this again. 
they they're this is going to be the worst mistake they ever made and they sold out of that stuff like it was I mean, this is the beginning of the end. they could ever make. And then they did Secret Layer Fortnite. They announced yeah. That. And now people that Secret Layer Fortnite that was just announced, people are like going ape shit for that. Like, well, I'm going to be I'm going to be buying stuff. as many Secret Layers as I can. Yep. I mean, the stuff I never thought I would see price wise is Very it's good. just blowing up, dude. I mean, well, I mean, like, listen, like, this is the beginning, not the end. You're going to see a five hundred dollar booster box of magic in the next 24 months. Guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. I, I said it to Angie. I said, remember. Uh, and I'm not a political person, but this is funny. Uh, I said, Angie, remember when Trump said he could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and that he would never lose, you know, voters? I said, that's how magic feels right now. They're like, we could put a thousand dollar pack out there and the people are going to love it. People are going to buy this thousand dollar booster pack. Like, I honestly, that doesn't seem crazy to me anymore. It no. doesn't seem crazy that you could have a thousand dollar serialized booster pack. No. And and someone would buy it. And up. imagine, dude, imagine if they ever decide, which they, everyone says they're never going to, but there's so many ways to get out of it. Imagine if they decide to reprint the reserve list. Oh, they'll absolutely do that. They're going to absolutely. And the thing is, here's the thing. We will get comments on this video and I can't wait to see it because people have argued with me forever on this. They say it's not possible. There's no way it could happen. There's no way it's not possible. It's not they don't understand These, how the law works. They it's don't also understand. like you guys, you can, A, it's not a contract, most likely. Yeah. B, you can breach a contract. There's things called an efficient breach. Like, even if there's, it's not a contract, you can breach a contract. There's it's, so much to it, and all these people are so scared because they see the writing is on the wall for it to happen. Well, Dude, I mean, I'm like, telling you right happen. now, it will happen. It will happen. There are already a few cards that were on the reserve list that have been reprinted, by the way. It's mm -hmm. not, and there have already been some. So the people who think they won't do it with the big cards, you guys are insane. They're insane. That. It will happen. Yeah. But I mean, like, listen, like, I just, what I was going to, though, I'm sorry, was like, these sets are now risky. Yeah. I just put in today my final orders. I got to confirm my numbers for Dominaria from one of the distributors. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude, already. Well, like, it was a six-figure buy. It's just uh, one after and another, like, dude. Just you know, one after another. Yeah. And I mean, like, listen, like, if Dominaria flops, like Baldur's Gate, I'm going to feel it. Yeah. I'm going to realize that hurts. Yeah. Um, Baldur's Gate hurts. Um, you know, it used to be if a set flopped, you know, when Theros Beyond Death flopped. Yeah. People were like, this sucks. You know, I can sell it at cost, and that's the way it is. But now that my cost is so much higher, people don't want to buy it at my cost. Yeah, my dude. Cost is what I used to charge. Yeah. That's insane. So when, a, so when a collector booster box flops, I can't sell it for what I'm paying. No. I'm paying a $40 or $50 haircut per box. Yeah, oh yeah. And I get hundreds of boxes. Yep. Right. I get thousands of boxes. So like when I'm losing 50 bucks a box, times a thousand boxes, do the math. It doesn't yeah. feel good. And even and even someone like you who orders so much, it's still gonna hurt you in the long run. It's not gonna feel good. Well, it's not gonna make you want to keep carrying or buying every product in the amount you buy if you're constantly losing your ass well, every other i'll be honest like the one that like i was just like what is happening did you all hear this warhammer 40k commander deck dude that what they're five it's six hundred dollars for four commander decks and i'll be honest at 600 bucks i'm not making a ton of money yeah 150 dollars for a commander deck because it's war dude you're paying for the warhammer name yeah, there i mean that's, that's what you're doing yeah, you're paying for the warhammer name and like here's the problem here is the problem and this is where, like, listen, like, this ordering stuff has gotten scarier. 
that is that commander deck is going to go one of two ways. They're going to short print it, and they're going to be four thousand dollars. I mean, they're yeah. going to be a thousand dollar kit, and that's no joke. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely, be a thousand. Commander kit. decks, good yeah. commander decks, can be a thousand dollars. So someone will or, buy a remake for a theme like that. Uh, uh, yeah, a big like fan like someone like Pleasant Kenobi would buy that because he's a yeah. huge fan. Yeah, or they're going to make too many of them. This going to be on clearance at distribution, and I'm not going to. I'm going to lose 150 bucks. You'll a kit. see it on Walmart shelves in six months. Yeah, yeah. and I mean like. Listen, like that is scary. Yeah. Because yeah. that's like, that is a heck of a big bill. Yeah. yeah. For something that like I have very little confidence in. It's a big gamble. Yeah. It's yeah. And, well, that's and that's new. Speaking of very little confidence and something you don't have much confidence in, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Legions real quick before we move into Genesis. I like Legions because I got in touch with the community. I've talked with the community a oh lot. Oh, God. Okay, great. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me clear the Go air. ahead. Clear the air. I have never said anything bad about the gameplay of Legions. Sure. I have, in fact, said the opposite, that everybody tells me that Legions is great at game. At yeah. Game. I've said this from the get-go. Which is true. Very yes. true. Great. Congrats. What <laughs> I have also said, Congrats. though, is that, like, they got like they got to get their business plan in order. They're more expensive than Magic, Fab, Zoo, Pokemon per yeah. card. You can't do that. I mean, like, they got to get the price. And this is what I was, you know, this is what me and we were fighting about yesterday, but he was too stupid to understand it. Um, you got to get to, a, you know, when you start a new card game, unless you get lucky. Yeah. Like, Fab got lucky. Zoo got lucky. You immediately print enough boxes to get to scale. Yeah. If you're not at scale yet, you're going to lose, you're going to have to lose money every booster box. Because how many boxes is is Legion's going to print for this new set? A couple thousand? That's what that's what I'm wondering how many because if the game we could end up in a situation too where let's say the game really does take off, then we're in a Genesis situation where they didn't have if you remember they went this long time before Jlara second edition where people were like we're going to get boxes. How can I get boxes? Like, there's no boxes, there's no cards. There's no, how am I going to play? How am I going to play? And then we had to wait how long until second edition came out. Uh Jlara second edition. So that is one of my fears. The other fear is that I think that they have a really good game. I like the cards. I like the way they run their business. It's very similar to how Genesis is doing things, but I, I am a little worried that it's trying to grow too big too fast. The box makes no sense. Until you fix the box, nothing else matters. You're saying box price? Elaborate. It's on that. 18 packs of 10 cards. Well, the configuration. Is that is that what it is? 18 packs? I thought it was 24. The new one's 18 packs. It used oh, to be Frontiers 24. is 18? I assumed it was the same. I honestly did. I assumed it was the same. It's not. I don't believe you. Okay. Go ahead and Google away, Google Google. Damn, George. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. Uh, it's better stay in. No edits. No. <laughs> you know that's why I'm looking it up. So I that I can be like, uh, oh, look, George, you were wrong. I know. Uh, we'll see how that goes for you, boss. Frontiers, Legions, Realms at War. Let's see. I had no idea that it was 18. Mm-hmm. Smug asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want you to remember this. I can't even, I can't even find it. That's bad. Not great. You know what? You know who has it? Cavdane's Market. 
Blister set, 10 cards per pack, 18 cards per box. Okay, and previously... Want me to send you a picture? No, I got it. No, are you sure? I got you. Got it. I got it. I got, oh, you got it. it. Okay, good. Uh, let's see. 181 cards. Blah, 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 blah. Each pack contains 10, 10 cards. Each box has 18 packs. Wait, wait, I missed it. My, 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 my earphones cut off for a second. I'm yeah, not going to say it again. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Ravage Lands had uh, 24, 10 cards. Okay. That doesn't make sense at all. So what was it again? I missed it. Sorry. Okay. Say it again. Listen, call me a Legion's content creator who doesn't know enough about the product. I will gladly. I'm a great content creator for Legions. I just don't get promos. I, on, I didn't get a promo, but I will, I will, what? I will gladly admit that I was wrong and I didn't do my research there. You're, you're better than Louie. You used to admit, you at least admit. <laughs> so I will like, say listen, that, like, I didn't realize it was 18 packs and that's shocking that the price is that much money for 18 packs. I didn't makes... know what you were talking about at first. Now I know. And I feel stupid. What are they charging? So it's like $90. I think 84 99 is what, or 89 99 is what Louis. And them I know what distributor cost is or what, yeah, what that cost is. You ain't making a lot of money at 90 bucks. That doesn't make me feel good. That you doesn't make, make me feel money, any better. Like the pack, the box is more expensive and I make less money on a box. I didn't mind spending 80 bucks from Louie to buy 24 packs of Ravage Lands. I didn't mind that at all. Um, and I didn't no, mind couldn't paying, be supporting Louie, but that's all right. I didn't mind paying 25 bucks for Bountiful Har Harvest, which basically breaks out to $5 a pack Listen. plus the promo. But this anything above those, that, that's a yeah, lot of money, dude. This is classic. Like, this is this is why these games drive me crazy. Yeah. Because, like, the hard part is making a good game. He did that. He did that. Get the business plan in order, man. Like, this is the easy part. Yeah. Or, like, you got, like, you, some, you have to be capitalized to start your own business. You yeah. have to. It's not right. It's not fair. I guess it is right. It's not fair. It sucks. I get it. I've heard it. I understand it. I teach it. Yeah. But like, if you can't, you're going to have to lose money your first few products unless you get lucky. Yeah. He didn't get lucky. Now you've got to do the hard work like Genesis did. And like, I will guarantee you, Assad did not take a paycheck and Assad lost money the first several years of Genesis. Yeah. And honestly, those are the questions. Like, I'd like to have Taylor on and talk to him because those are the questions I'd like to talk to him about. Bring me on. You, we'll all get on together. Don't well, like you know, you know, that's an actual good idea to bring to bring him on here and talk with the two of us together. All because my ideas are good. I want <laughs> they always are. I want to ask him the hard questions like I asked Assad because Assad is always ready to answer the hard questions. And that that is a shock to me that first of all, it's a shock to me. Um that it's 18 packs for the $90. And uh, that still breaks down to about five bucks a pack, um, which, which is what I said I would be happy to pay 25 bucks for Bountiful, Bountiful Harvest. But there's also a box topper in that uh, Frontiers a box, topper box as well. Too, I think. So it's kind of the same pricing as Bountiful Harvest. So me personally, me saying that Bountiful Harvest should be fine, I shouldn't be saying Frontiers is a problem. But when you get into the high dollar amounts for less amount of packs, even though it ends up being the same dollar amount per pack, it still seems kind of overwhelming that when I got that, if I would have bought one of those boxes and I didn't read the fine print, 
or just didn't read at all because I decided not to buy the book that uh, learn how to read. Um, if I uh, if I would have been if I would have got that box in, I would have been pissed, George, if you wouldn't have just said that now. And I bought one of those boxes, not knowing it. Yeah, that I mean, would have been my own fault. But I also would have been like, Jesus Christ, why was it so much money for 18 packs like that? That is too expensive. Yeah, it's that is of, that is too expensive. And I don't know, I'd like to know why to it's that it. expensive. That, that's I can I tell you why. There's no economies of scale. Yeah. Like he's not like I, I suspect he's not willing to lose money on that. You can put in the comments if I'm an idiot and wrong. That's fine. I've been called worse by better. I mean, like, but, you know, be like, of course I'm losing money every box. God bless. It's great. Lose more yeah. money. Um, like the box price, you, you can't, you're not going to compete with Magic, Fab, Zoo, Genesis, yeah. all these other games, all these games by being more expensive and less adopted. Yeah. The only reason Magic's allowed to get away with murder, with pricing, because you got to carry it. Yeah. got to carry it. Yep, for sure. Nobody has to carry legions. They might want to carry legions, but like nobody has to. No, I mean, you know how big Genesis is growing, especially around here. When I went to that uh, post board gaming in Finley, the owner wasn't there. But when I brought them the stuff from Genesis and I said, hey, I, I literally we've talked about this before. I felt like the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints coming in there. I'm like, do you have a moment to talk about Genesis? Yeah. Um, and then, you're jerk, you worked. Yeah. And they literally... <laughs> They, they literally, I mean, you you could see this guy's face. I'm not even joking. You could see this guy's face. I go, hi, I do content for YouTube about TCGs. And immediately when I said that, he's like, and then I said, I just wanted to talk to you for a minute about this game that I, I you know, talk about on the channel. I make decks for and stuff. And he's literally like looking away like this fucking guy right now. Well, I don't want to talk to this person. And like, I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it is a very hard thing to just drop in on a game store and introduce them a game. And it is not as easy as having like legions, great artwork, a great game. It is not easy to just have those things walk into a place and go. It's a great game. Let's say that. <laughs> it is not easy to go into a place and go here, try this thing out because most people just don't give a shit. And you said this in Louis's podcast, and I wanted to bring this up real quick. Um, podcast. Does he have a podcast? Uh, he your podcast. podcast. Your podcast. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. I got you. Organic demand. Yeah, thank you. Organic yeah. demand is what's necessary, and yeah. people have no idea how hard. You literally, no. <laughs> I'm saying this, typing it, and hearing you say it at the same time today. It was the weirdest shit. My yeah. wife's behind me saying it needs to be organic growth. And at the same time, we're both talking about it. You mentioned it on the screen. I shit you not. Yeah. We're like, Genesis is growing organically. Right. And that's what we need to see happen with, with games like Legions if they want to succeed. As well, organic growth. I'm like, talk to us about this, right? Talk to yourself about it. Like, it's hard. Yeah. That's why games don't do it. That's why games try to make it so it's Tendy Town as fast as possible. Because yeah. it's a hell of a lot easier to make Tendies than it is to get organic growth. The problem is tendies go away and then the game does too. Look at Polywog. That at Polywog, Polywog game. I mean, like, I don't want to be mean about this, but look at the player growth for Fab. Dude, I, it's not even about being mean. Uh, the, the Polywog thing is a failure on so many levels because like, of people trying to ride the coattails of something like MetaZoo, trying to get into too many different facets of 
we're going to do card grading. We're going to do all this stuff. We're buying plushies with our, with our money that we were given. I mean, the absolute nonsense of them trying to do these Valentine's Day promos, this promo, that promo, it was the same thing MetaZoo was doing. And there's only so much money to go around. That whole idea was just mismanaged from the very beginning. I mean, I feel so bad for not only the person who started the game, because I think they had good intentions, but I feel terrible for the people who invested. But you know what you're getting into when you pay for a Kickstarter. You know what you're doing. I talked to us about this. I said the two things everybody wants to be is a game designer and a restaurant owner. And the thinking goes something like this. And like, I have, I have a bunch of games at restaurants. I have, you know, a lot of my friends are restaurant owners. The thought goes from like this. I like to eat so I could own a restaurant. Uh, That makes no freaking sense. And that's remarkably stupid. Um, I like to play games so I can be a game designer. What? Yeah. That's a different skill set. Completely. You can be, you, it's also like, not like I'm good at playing games. So I want to be a game designer. That's different. That at least is an adjacent skill set. Yeah. James White, very famous Yu-Gi-Oh player. Yeah, uh, which is funny, yeah. Game. Yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't shock me that he made a great game. Sure. I like playing games. I'd be a terrible game designer. I don't know game theory. I took game no. theory 20 years ago. Me neither. 30 years of gaming, and I'm still casual in everything I've ever yeah. done. So, yeah. And I, I mean, like, you know, I think people just need to be honest that, like, Game design is hard. Yeah. Like there's a reason three games have stood the test of time. Yeah. I mean, Genesis. The test of time being decades. Yeah. I mean, Genesis started uh, the ideas for it when him and his cousin, when Assad and his cousins were like kids in high school. Right. Like school and stuff. I mean, the the idea for that game and that world was started a long time ago. It wasn't something he was just like, you know, I'm going to do it. Um, And that's something, you know, I think Taylor said that he started Legion's uh he was like writing a script for like a book or thinking about doing some kind of tv show like that was ultimately what he wanted to do with with the game like that was you his froze, idea. But i don't know if it was on me or you just so you know oh yeah i saw it it's fine i think it was on you your face glitched your face always looks like it's glitched out though so it's hard to tell but you know. um but yeah so anyways i i get what you're saying with that it's it's definitely something that not everyone has the skill set to do yeah. to do everything for sure and i mean like i don't know like i guess you know, Polywog was completely unsurprising to me. I believe I said for many months now that'll be the first game to blow up. And it looks like you I was did. Like, I wasn't surprised by it either, but I also wasn't really following along with it because they sent me some cards and I opened it and I'm like, Ugh, yeah, this. I mean, like he doesn't have it. This is not something I even want to like. I don't even want to talk about this. This is yeah. I gave it nope. to my kids and it's sitting in a drawer somewhere. Um, and that sucks, you know, for the person that made it, and I feel bad for for that. But, um, anyways, enough about that. Let's let's talk about Genesis um brandon bought some uh yeah he bought some packs open your packs while we're sitting here and see what you get he, he bought some packs he's cool. he's in on genesis i'm going to be teaching him how to play he bought the two-player kit he bought some packs um so uh you know we get together and play flesh and blood all the time um me and my wife are playing genesis a lot she's wanting to learn a little more about flesh and blood as well um but uh yeah i he, he bought some genesis stuff here today so we can get involved in that but um Genesis origin spoiler season has been blowing up, dude. Like so many people have been not only looking at the artwork and saying how incredible it is, but the cards, man, are mean. Like some of these cards are taking the game to a whole nother level. Um, the card you guys got to spoil, uh, Volley of Arrows, 
expands on the grid, you know, adds, adds three more slots for the grid on the top so you can reach even farther. Like there's so much design space that they can work with and spread into that that's what makes this so special. Like you could have a miniatures version of Genesis and you could be able to play, you know, the card game with miniatures or miniatures with the card game. There's so many options for this game to grow. And right now the excitement like is at a fever pitch more than I thought we were going to see. Like, I'll be honest, well, Origins really did a number on getting the game out there. I meant what I said, like, this is the game I am most confident in going forward. Yeah. Um, nice. This, I mean, it's going to be, there you go. Full art in Rage Gorilla. Yeah. Like, does that mean it's going to be uh, enormous? No. No, like we're, I suspect we're years away from that. Yeah. It's okay. That's okay. Like, here's what I want to see from Genesis. Oh, yeah. I want to see the game constantly improve. I want to see the game constantly grow. If that is 20 new stores a year, 40, 30 to 40 new stores a year, that's great. Keep going. Yeah. Um, you I know, love Future I, League too. I love that they're play testing the cards within the community which yeah, makes it so like, that a lot of problems are caught very early on. Yeah, like what I don't want to see candidly is them to explode. I think that, that if I could like, if one thing scares me is that like the Kickstarter comes out, the boxes go to a billion dollars, everybody flips them and then it crashes. And it's like, oh my God, is you know, it's all these other games all over again. I think it's a good thing that the Kickstarter hype has kind of wore off though, because I 100%. honestly don't know if that's going to happen. Because I don't think it's going to happen. You know, you know why like Black Lotuses had money because we never thought they would be. Yeah, like that's why Lotuses were worth money because yep. we played with them. Yep. We played with them. Yep. Uh, you know, like Genesis's benefit is that people play with the cards. Yeah. Um, like that's why Genesis is doing well. Because yeah. people play with it. Like the games I think are going to struggle going forward is like, I, you know, is there room for a second Pokemon people don't play the game? I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. hard to see that right now. Um, you know, I, I think we're entering a tightening market. Um, and I think, listen, I'm waiting for a lot of these games to blow up. Like I think, I think this is, you know, you, when I started the store, again, wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You go onto Southern's website, you're like, okay, figure out what CCGs you want to order. And there was like, you know, Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! I think it was then Others. Now it's Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Akora, Fab, MetaZoo. Dude, so many, Dick. yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Like, what, like, this, this can't be you know, Final Fantasy. This can't all be sustainable. No. But it's not. Like, you know, you're, you are going to see, I, you know, Final Fantasy all but blew up already this past month. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to see, you're going to see a lot of, um, uh, farewell parties for these games. There is one thing I want to mention. Now, I said I don't, I, I don't really want to talk about the MetaZoo thing much anymore. I had to take my hat off for this. I get so irritated. I don't really want to talk about the MetaZoo thing much anymore because I, I just, I'm just not into it anymore. And uh, there is one thing I want to mention though that I think is a huge loss. And my wife brought this up to me this morning, just out of the blue while we were watching Made the Zuby with you. And sometimes the people who aren't into something are the best critiques of whatever that thing is because they have no dog yeah. in that fight. And one thing she said is, she said, you know, you were telling me how Louie was saying he wanted to contact like the Mothman Museum there and maybe do something special with MetaZoo and the Mothman. And she said, why hasn't the guy who owns MetaZoo reached out to like all these different cryptid locations around the country? 
and come up with some kind of plan where like we send you promo cards that only people that visit your museum have a chance to get. And maybe they print them out some really nice canvas poster to hang in their building that says, you know, your cryptid is here, like MetaZoo, your cryptid is here. And, and whatever museum that is, would be the only place you could ever go get those cards. Or if, or if, or if like there isn't a place when you visit the state, you could go somewhere and get one of these cards and you could go around and, and collect it. Like maybe a map of the US where you stamp that you've been to each place, you get the MetaZoo stamp. And if all those stamps are filled out and you visited all these cryptid places, you get something special. Like there's so many cool little ideas that feel like they could, they wouldn't have been that hard to pull off with community help. And maybe that stuff's in the works. But when so I, I can that, tell you that I think that is in the works now. Yeah, because it is, seems like such a lost, missed opportunity if that isn't. What I think is fair to say is um, that probably could have been done by now. Yeah, um, I that's, think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, you know, listen, like I think MetaZoo, um, I, I'll, I'll give you this same shoe I give to everybody, I guess, on MetaZoo. Like, here is why MetaZoo is confusing to me. Um, I think they've had a really rough month with some really challenging decisions to understand candidly. Uh, yeah, the party's over. I think the party, but like, I mean, like, I, that doesn't bother me. Like, you know, I like, listen, like, I don't I, think it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, I think no, the party is over. Like, that excitement that was there is, has I, reached, uh, it's no longer at a fever pitch. It's, we're, we're, no, in the I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Like, I think that's very fair. Like, but here is like, here is what keeps me up at night about MetaZoo, candidly. There's two realities that none of these other card games want to admit to themselves. First, MetaZoo has the easiest and most direct path to acceptance in the broader market. Yeah. If the game is good and the show is good, we're off to the races. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, because they're banking on the IP becoming the big thing before the that's game. The, that's, that's the bet. Yeah. That's the bet. So you're yeah. betting on a show and a, and a video game. Yeah. That's not a bad bet because you can pay money to make those things good. Yeah. You can at least pay money to make them more likely to be good. Yeah. But here's the bigger thing. It's the only game everybody talks about. Yeah. And like, man, like, as the markets dry up and as people get tighter, People are going to go to what they're most passionate about. Yep, they're going to go right back to Pokemon. They're going to say this MetaZoo thing was cool. But... I don't, I'm not as convinced of that. Like, I think like yeah. the people who are passionate about MetaZoo, like, like MetaZoo drives. I'm not talking about passionate and franchise people. I'm talking about people like my son who really liked the cards at first and then was like, yeah. And then was like, uh, yeah, I'm really liking Pokemon a little more. Not someone who is, someone who's enfranchised is going to stay. I mean, let's be honest, dude. MetaZoo is very cult-like, and so is Flesh and Blood. The people who like it aren't going to leave it very easily, but the people who are just dabbling or just checking it out for the first time may not, like Brandon with Genesis here, he may buy a little bit. He may not like it. It's not a huge investment loss. With MetaZoo, some of that can be a huge investment loss. Same with Flesh and Blood, especially early I on. think that's true. I think that's fair. What I do wonder, though, is like, God, like, Something about this drives people crazy on both sides. It's the cryptids, dude. That's why I liked it. It's the cryptids. Um, it's something that's never been done before. That was what drew me to it. And then, then the nonsense that has been pulled since then immediately turned me off to it. 
immediately turned me off. I just, and like, listen, like I got to figure this out because this is something like I think about a lot is like, yeah. where, like, where is this all going to end? Yeah. And I, th- you know, I think it's, I think people are writing off medicine too early. Um, I think uh, all their problems are easily fixed. Yeah. And that's not true for a lot of these other games. I am very torn. Now, like, you know, the question is like, will they fix them? And that I don't know. I don't know that. That's the thing. Like, I still like the artwork. I still have a few cards. I, I mean, I like, the, here's the thing with me. I've said this before. I can like a game, but not like the people in charge or not like how things are going. I can still like the artwork. Um, I don't like the game itself. It's nothing I'd sit down and play. But when I say game, I I use it loosely as, you know, collecting too. Um, I like some of the artwork. I mean, Robert the friggin' doll. Robert the doll is a card. Like, come on. Those are are like childhood creepy things, stories we all heard about. And and they're turning them into cards. That is so cool. That has a really cool nostalgic vibe. And I just like, I... MetaZoo is so hard to figure out right now because of that. Yeah. It is the yeah. most passionate game there is. People are far more passionate about MetaZoo than Fab. Far more. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. People go, are crazy. Go to, go, to, go to the Fab Discord. They're talking about MetaZoo. Yeah. Yeah. Go, <laughs> like, like, you know that. All, like, all these Discords only talk about MetaZoo. Yeah. Every time, Mark, every time Mike farts, there's 45 Discords lighting up to talk about how smelly it was. Yeah. No, dude. It's That's not true for any other game yeah you go to the metazoo discord they're not talking about the james white interview yeah something about metazoo brings out a unique passion no for sure i i see and, that in the community and that for sure. is hard like that is so hard to create yeah i mean i look at how much started like assad said this this first wave was really started by flesh and blood this, this most recent wave of tcgs and look I, at how yeah i i think that was it and look at i started my channel because of that look how many other people started channels because of that dude i've done magic forever why did i ever start a magic channel it's not because it was inundated in it it was because i didn't have the passion to create a channel for something i really liked that was what made me make a flesh and blood channel like Medizu has the easiest problems to fix. They have the easiest path to mass adoption and they have the most passionate bases. Those are three things that are very hard to, to dismiss. Now, with that said, there's, they, listen, they have some real headwinds now. Yeah. Um, you know, they got to like, you know, I've said this before, like, you know, you could convince me there could be 100,000 UFO boxes. That seems like too many to me, candidly. But like, okay, the market will eventually absorb 100,000 UFO boxes. Who's buying the 99,000th theme deck? I've obviously, I think, publicly spent a lot of time thinking about MetaZoo the last couple months. Um, It all started with a $1,000 retailer kit that he did away with. Yeah. Which is why I honestly, other than this podcast, me and you talking about it, that's why I don't talk about it anymore. Cause I just, that really turned me off to. Well, listen, I, I think it very clearly also turned me off. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't like, I didn't hide that. It just felt like a boys club slap in the face. Kind of, you want to be a member of this club. You do this. You want to feel special. You do this. I, I just, I don't, so, it felt like nonsense, dude. It was I, nonsense. I, 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 listen, I hated it. I publicly hated it. Yeah. Um, 
MetaZoo remains a MetaZoo remains a thing. I think a pretty um, MetaZoo has the easiest path to get there. Yeah, they have the player base or the uh, the fan base, not the player base. They have the fan base. They have the they have the fan base. They have the IP. They have the thing that could grow and that people could want. And that's why when my wife said that to me, that was the only reason I brought this up is when Angie said that to me, I was like, man, she's so right. So, you know, they should have yeah. they should have dug into that early on. That should have been that should have been the big Kickstarter thing was you know, even a tier for people who own. Yeah, and like the Kickstarter thing is frustrating. It's like, you know, it's MetaZoo XUSPCC, new PCC, whatever the heck it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else printing the cards. We were told they were printing the other, they told, we were told they were moving companies over because we were going to have our products in June. <laughs> well, I got the full money. I'm not getting mine till August still. Yeah. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, you know, like that, that bothered me. That, like, you know, I think that's probably the top thing really. The tops thing. The tops me. thing being able to weigh the packs is terrible. That the tops thing happen. set me into a rage. Yeah, that should have never happened. Totally unacceptable. Yep. No, I agree. Well, I think we've covered enough about MetaZoo. I'm gonna um cool. I'm gonna bring Dustin in real quick so you can oh, you take a quick break and then uh we'll end on Genesis and his cool. plans for this place. So yeah, Dustin is the co What's up? Heard you have a great store. Yeah, we think so. Yeah, dude. Awesome, he's, man. He's the co-owner of Refuge Gaming, along with uh, another gentleman named Brandon. What's his last name? Brandon Clay. Brandon Clay. So they're they're the owners of Refuge Gaming, which basically the way I've been telling everyone about it is Refuge Gaming is a place for you know you to play with a community of people. And they also sell some stuff, but that's not their main thing. Their main thing is a play space for you to pay a monthly fee to come here and play with with a community of people, a tight knit community. Um, so I'll, I'll let you talk more about it. You know, more. So obviously you're the owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're 24 seven, truly 24 seven. Our membership gets uh, unlimited access to the door. Uh, they can come and go as they please. So we technically don't actually close, which means if someone comes in at nine o'clock at night and wants to play a game of 40 K and you know, they, they're going to take two, three, four hours they can, we go home. They literally turn off the lights when they're done and uh, they're good. Uh, we awesome. have a large event space. Uh, most, our, most of our revenue comes from access to our space and most importantly, our community. Uh, our community is absolutely amazing. We have some really, really good folks. Uh, they can play competitive, they can play casual. Most of them tend towards the casual side, but they're really, really, really friendly. And uh, one of the great things is when we get new members who come in, or prospective members who come in, you know, the thing that they're really drawn to is the fact that every one of our members will go out of their way to be intro uh, to introduce themselves to them. Uh, when new members come in, you know, we have, a, there's always that awkwardness when you're in a new community yeah. and you don't kind of know anybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brandon and myself, our job is to kind of make that icebreaker that introduces you. And what I really love about our community is they'll tell you straight up, like if there's an open space at a uh, table and they're playing a board game, card game, miniature game, whatever they're playing, uh, if they know you're new, they're going to invite you to play. And the old adage of, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, isn't going to de uh, deter them at all. Yeah. They're going to sit you down and they're going to teach you the game. Um, so we have some really, 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 really great people here. Um, the, there are some things that are challenging, like consistently getting some products can be difficult because distributors in the U.S. aren't really set up for this model. <laughs> um, you don't say. <laughs> everybody is kind of on allocations particularly for like the collectible card games one of the great things with uh haunted castle was that we can do direct sales to them so we can kind of get around some of the limitations that we get from some of the other collectible card games all are great 
but they're only great if I can carry them in store and build a community with them. Yeah. So if you can't find a distro and Asada was talking to me about this too, if you can't find a distro that can get you Genesis, then you can buy directly from Genesis. They obviously want you to try to go through a distro first, but in this type of model, that was difficult. So. And we have been pretty, pretty fortunate with our distributors in terms of their, they're working with us, but of course they have their, their business model, which is different than what we're doing. Um, it gives us a lot of flexibility in that we're not generating revenue necessarily off of what we sell on the walls. So we don't necessarily have to lean into that model. We sell service, we sell space, we sell community. So if you come in with a game, one of our members is really into a, a game called Bot Wars. And Bot Wars is an interesting game. Uh, it's kind of a Hasbro inspired uh, 1980s, 90s Hasbro cartoon inspired game. Uh, but realistically, you're not gonna see that in a mainstream game store because it's right. such a small community, such a niche yep. market you know, they're not going to carry it. The good thing about us is we're able to go in, create that account with that distributor or with that manufacturer, that publisher and go, Hey, we have people who are interested in this game. We can go in and we don't have to necessarily care about high margins. You know, I, I don't need to function off of a 47%, 50% margin because that's not where most of our revenue is coming from. Now, the great thing about this also is I don't have to sweat my customers, my members for where they're buying stuff. You know, we always tell them, Hey, if you find a good deal somewhere else, like take advantage of it and let us know because we may go take advantage of it too. You know, we have a lot of really good relationships with the uh, uh, retail stores that are in the area. We have no problem referring our members to them. Um, but what's really nice is when you come in our store, you're never going to get sweated or given the cross eye for bringing in a game that we were unfamiliar with because you paid for access to be here. Which is, that's the part I really like is you can, and like we were talking about legions, this would be a great place for, for like legions to be tried out too. Yeah. I mean, this would be a I great place for someone to bring legions in and go, let me show you how this works and see if you're interested in it because they're a smaller company, you know, hasn't been around too long, just starting out. Um, yeah, this would be a, a great place for that. Um, what are some of the, uh, in like five minutes here, what are some of the main talking points you think that, that people should know about this place or this kind of model? Um, five minutes, man, that's going to be rough. <laughs> you can do it. I know you can. All right. You're on the uh, clock. Let's go. So, uh, we definitely think this is the future of, of gaming, you know, retail space is expensive and as uh, margins shrink with distributors costs rising, shipping costs rising, uh, and competition, a lot of competition from uh, print on demand services or, uh, online sales. Um, really what we can, we can provide is that service sector. So if you lean into the service side, it's gonna come at the expense of the retail side, but if you set yourself up well, you're not gonna necessarily have to have high overhead. Um, after that, it's really about coming in kind of with an established community and maintaining that community. That's um, the biggest thing, keeping people coming back and yeah. And you have, to, you have to provide that valuable service. And for us, you know, we're limiting our membership to 168 people uh, or 168 members. And the reason is a lot of people say, you know, your Planet Fitness, Planet Fitness doesn't limit to their occupancy. But the difference is if you go to a Planet Fitness and you sit on a treadmill, you know, you could be on that treadmill 20 minutes and then you're off and the next person go on. For here, if somebody comes in and uses one of our big tables for like a 40K game, they're going to be there four or five hours. So, you know, at that point, your membership loses its, its kind of allure. So we'd rather have a small group of just really awesome gamers who don't cause any drama than a large group of people that you're going to have to constantly worry about chasing off customers. Um, so if you get into it with an established community, you maintain that community if you're honest with your community and you provide a space that is comforting 
and safe and secure. You know, we spend a lot of money on our security door. We spend a lot of money on our security systems. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's also the fact that we have a large population of female gamers. And the main reason we have that is because we spent the money on the infrastructure. Feels safe, yeah. And the environment is really, really nice. You know, not, not to throw shade towards uh, a lot of game stores, but a lot of game stores are not exactly, um, we'll say inviting. Uh, there's one in our area that's a really great game store if you're a gamer and a hardcore gamer. But when I go to that store, I know like my wife's going to be late for the door as soon as it opens because it's a little cramped. It's a little dirty. It's, a, you know, it's great for a hardcore gamer, but not necessarily for a casual gamer. For us, this is like an extension of our basement. It really is. And people love coming in here. It's clean. You know, we have clean bathrooms. Yeah, it's a clean, uh, nice space. And the fact that it used to be a church is what like you, you walk right in and it gives you that vibe of being a very clean, well taken care of professional space, not just like a dump where people are eating their Chinese food right out in front and dropping stuff on the floor. And, you know, you're having to smell all these different smells when you come in, everything's separated out really nice. I mean, this is obviously my first time being here, but I think sometimes your first, uh, you know, right when you walk in, your first impression can say a lot. I didn't feel like I wanted to walk out of this place as soon as I walked in. So, And that's really what we want because yeah. we want people to come in here and play games. We want them to be in here, you know, two, three in the morning. We want you to get lost and kind of like, I, I've, I've told myself many a times I'm going home at five o'clock and next thing you know, it's nine 30, 10 o'clock because I'm, I'm interacting with our community playing a game I'm not uh, unfamiliar with. The biggest thing I would say though, uh, the biggest challenge for this, aside from the distributors and having that community kind of buy-in that community ownership, because they clean up after themselves you know, they'll introduce, if we're not here and someone comes to the door, they'll do the, the, the spiel for us. Obviously they can't sign up members, but they can do the walkthroughs and the tours and they have their yeah. plan. The biggest challenge for this is our profit model is very, very, very different. And if someone was trying to come into this and this was like your kind of bread and butter, and this is how you feed yourself, um, you're, you're going to be hard pressed for, for a while, you know, because until you meet your membership goal, um, where you're kind of break even point, it's not going to really produce dividends. So that's when you have to kind of lean into the sales. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the distributors want you to send pictures of your retail space, which, you know, we've been fortunate. Our, our distributors have been great. They've really worked with us, but they have their own constraints and they want to make sure that you're not some basement dweller who's selling online. At a yeah. Discount. Yeah. Um, but so, don't a lot of those places too, sometimes won't they, George, you might know more about this too. Don't they, uh, depending on the place, they'll do like a site visit too, if they're really yeah. worried about that. If you yeah. want to get pre-release or anything like that, probably get a site visit and all that stuff. Yeah, where they just yeah. want to see. and like, Why do you premium? I, if I was one of those people and I came in here and you showed me the way things are set up, I like I wouldn't have any concern, but it's about, I think it's about really stressing. Well, it's about checklists, right? It's not about is it good space or bad space, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it's part the, of the proof that you're too. really that you're really yeah. here and what you're doing is what you're actually doing. Yeah. That you're not going right. to get access to an allocation of collectible card games and you know sit on it and prospect on it and sell yeah, it for no. ridiculous amounts. So I understand why they do it, um, but for us, managing the service side, you know, we're we're trying to become destination spots for several games that we carry. Genesis. Genesis is one of them. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple other games, uh, Super Show and Dragon Dice and Malifaux, you know. Yeah, Dragon Dice. Fair. Do you remember that, George? Yes. Back yeah, the they're, they're like the main place for Dragon Dice, which is hilarious that they're really because I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, we were on clearance a little while ago at one of the distros. I don't know if they still are. I'll let you know. 
it is crazy. It is very, very, it's a very fun game. It's been great for us. The company has been great to work with. That's great. It's nice margins. Uh, and oh, wow. That's great. They've been up here. Uh, we've had one of the board members up here. We're actually doing an event in October. That's going to be super huge. Uh, they're donating a prize. That's going to be really, really, really desirable. Super that's rare. Awesome. Um, but the service side is really kind of keeping everything organized, keeping everything automated. Um, you know, all of our sales or most of our retail sales are special orders. So for us, it was important to set up the automation so that we don't lose orders because nothing, nothing irritates a person more than putting in an order and then it getting forgot about and yeah. sold to somebody else or, you know, you never follow up with it. We have, uh, we have our own dedicated discord where we communicate directly with our, our, our customers. They communicate directly to us. Um, everything that we have is automated from the membership application to the special orders to events uh, that our members want to post. Uh, the, the hardest kind of thing for us is getting everything in there and kind of decor, uh, deconflicting so that we don't have three large events going on the same day. And then, you know, the, the bad thing is when you're building a community, there's going to be days when you throw a learn to play for a game and just, you know, life happens or you're competing in the, the, the cool frozen north with, you know, the sun. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have anybody show up. And I've built communities in, uh, in San Diego. I built communities in Detroit and New Orleans and then up here. And there's going to be a lot of days when you're just sitting in the place waiting for somebody to show up. And oh, yeah, definitely. You have to keep doing that until you can get a couple people to buy in. And then it's about training your members uh, to, to, to be that steward, that face, so you don't have to. So you can step back and kind of just manage the, the, the three ring circus that's going on. Which is why, which is what Genesis is kind of doing right now. And which is what like I've been doing, going to different places and talking to, talking to them about Genesis and doing, doing some of the job that like Joey from Haunted Castle Gaming did early on with Flesh and Blood, doing that type of stuff is what I've been trying to do in my spare time to help grow the game because I love the game. Um, and my wife's really into the game now too. So it gives me even more of a reason to really want to get into it more. Um, but you guys actually, before we go here, um, you want to, at some point, you're hoping to be like a circuit stop for Genesis, right? Yeah. I mean, that's their ultimate ultimate goal with picking up Genesis was they they saw, you know, the potential the game had and were hoping that this place could be one of those circuit stores because George at Compete Sport is the, the circuit is what, September 20th figure store? Yeah. Yeah, the, the next, the big circuit, one of the big circuit events is going to be in the 20th, so. Well, what I yep. really love about Genesis in particular, and it's what I love about Dragon Dice and like Super Show too, you know, it, it's, it's a, they're games that can touch multiple different genres of, of gamers. So like you, right. you can get miniature gamers with, with Genesis and Dragon Dice, you can get board gamers with Genesis and Dragon Dice, you can get RPG gamers with Genesis, you know. Yeah. So being able to touch all of the different kind of gaming genres and lead revenue into those and then also set up the events and just bring people in from out of the, the meta. A lot of stores struggle with space. I mean, we're 4,400 square feet. We can literally have a hundred person card tournament in our main room and still have space for our members in our private rooms and our multifunction room in the back. So, you know, a lot of times the, the, the organized play space comes at the expense of retail. Yeah. So, oh yeah, for sure. Cause that's a, people can't well, have the tug and pull, right? Like, you know, for me, if I don't sell products, I don't make money. If you, if I have, if I have 20 people bring in their deck, same deck every week, I, I'm out of business. Right. The way math works. Uh, Plus this kind of space too. It's cool because people like my wife, before she played games, 
she wouldn't have wanted to come into a game store with me for a pre-release event or something. A place like this, she could, and she could have her own little space somewhere in the back where she's just sitting on her computer. If she, you know what I mean? Like you could bring your partner here and say, we're going to play some games with all these people, but you, you can feel free to come too. you can get on the internet and do whatever you need to do. And you know, that, that, that's what makes it feel a lot different here. Um, in my opinion. So Dustin, thanks for taking the time for, for not only this, we gotta, we gotta do some more filming here once we're done with, uh, the bone zone, uh, podcast here, but, um, anyways, thank you, George, as always for being here, dude. Um, Thank you for allowing me to come back on. I appreciate it. <laughs> I know. And I keep saying it that way. I keep saying it like, thank you, George, for being here as if like you're a guest. I, well, you know, when you replace me so often, it feels like it sometimes. The bone zone exists with me and you. Okay. <laughs> it's me and you always, buddy. We're We're like gonna write Thelma that down. So next time you forget, I think you're like, I have an idea of a bone zone with whoever I find on the street today. You remember <laughs> that. All right. We're driving either this F-150 or what do you drive? <laughs> I drive. A, I, oh, I got upgraded on day yeah. now. What yeah. are you driving? A Saab? Hyundai Sonata. Oh, Sonata. No, got a Saab. <laughs> so we're driving what? this Sonata or this F-150 off a fucking cliff, dude. Like, yeah. we are in this together for the long run. Amen. Course. Amen. I love it, man. So anyways, thanks right. as always for uh, making yeah. the time for us to thanks do this. And Dustin, thank you for being such a good host and allowing Great me to do this from here. And uh, everyone should check out Refuge Gaming, especially if you're in uh, the area here of Ohio, Brunswick, um, or even if you're just stopping by. Um, yeah. you know, get a hold of Dustin. You guys have a, a Discord, correct? Uh, we and you have a, a website, Discord website and uh, Facebook as well. And yeah, and I'll put some links to all that stuff in the bottom here sure. so you guys can can find out more. Um, and do you guys do one more thing before we go? Do you guys do like if someone's interested in joining or just wants to see the space? Do you do any kind of tours if someone asks for that? Yeah, we do tours. Uh, we do a lot of walk up tours. Uh, cool. we can sign you up for memberships on the day if you want to just come in and try it. Uh, we can give you a, a day pass. It's a, a awesome a prorated amount. You don't get door access and you can only stay as long as a, a member is here. Yeah. But yeah. We, we always encourage everybody to come in and try before they buy meet, meet our community. I think you'll fall in love with the space. That's great. And then fall in love with our community. They really are excellent. So definitely you have nothing to lose to come check it out. George, I'll talk to you cool. soon, buddy. All right. Y'all have fun. Have a yep. great day. Take care, man.